0: Thanks for checking out this podcast on Lone Star Community Radio. If you like this show or other shows on Lone Star Community Radio, make sure to subscribe to them on YouTube and iTunes and also Google Play. Uh, if you have any questions about sponsorships or being a guest on these kind of shows, make sure you email me. I'm the station manager. Hi, my name is Dick, and you can email me at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com, or you can call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Just want to let you know, we're here to support Montgomery County, and I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, young, old, pretty, and pretty. I welcome you all, and a good afternoon to you all as well. This is Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Facebook. Like it, tag it, poke it, bink it, whatever they do on Facebook these days. Bink it. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, and uh, and follow it on YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, and that way, uh, that way, every time you uh, you you miss Jake, you can go back and visit him, and and we can talk some sports together. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you all back in for my. Uh, I guess this is the seventh show now. Glad to glad to get to lucky number seven. And a little quick talk before we get back into the normal routine of things where we wrap up what's happened in the last week of of sports and everything like that. I want to quickly touch on the Colin Kaepernick topic that we had last week. So, and the reason being is because I got a couple comments about from listeners about what I said last week about Colin Kaepernick and saying how disgraceful it was that I was supporting him, how they couldn't believe that, you know, I was defending him. i Right now, I just want to go ahead and say it. I just want to make it clear that I don't believe that his actions were okay for multiple reasons and under any circumstances, but he does have the right to peacefully protest all he wants. And now with that said, the only part I was actually attacking anyone last week was my own group of people, journalists, those who actually write for these stories or write these stories and put it out into the public, I attacked them for saying that he was being, that he being Kong Kaepernick was being blackballed from uh, the NFL by the NFL teams and everything like that. I, I just disagree with that statement. I don't believe the NFL is blackballing Kong Kaepernick. I think that's just a way that media members, beat writers, reporters of all sorts and likes out there in the journalism world, they use that and they use that term specifically to rile up fans and fan, fans of Colin Kaepernick, fans of the NFL, both sides of the party. And I get why they do it. I understand, in my opinion, that's poor journalism, poor journalistic uh, you know abilities there. But that, I just want to make that clear. So now that we've got my little rant out of the way, I'm going to hop off my soapbox, and let's start the show right. As we do every every week in the first week, in the first segment, uh, we start with a sports update from the last week, and... Just going to go ahead and start out. Uh, Novak Djokovic has officially um, been announced that he will have surgery on his elbow and that he hurt during Wimbledon tournament. It did cause him to withdraw from the tournament, and uh, it is going to probably cause him to miss the remainder of the tennis regular season, the TPA season, and um, and he has already officially withdrawn from the U.S. Open, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So no surprise there. Uh, Hugh Freeze making headlines this week. Uh, he has resigned. After five years as the old Miss Head football coach, following the news of him calling an escort service on uh, company phone lines, uh, and the way it all came out and it all played out, um, it was kind of funny. They uh, they basically gave the you know the contradicting or the the conflicting interest uh, information over to a journalist who was writing an article to praise. Ole Miss and Hugh Freeze and, and all he has done to bring that program to where it is today in the past five years. And when he saw this phone number in the phone records, he searched it on Google and it showed up as an escort service phone number and, and you know, led with the story there and that. And then ultimately Hugh Freeze with, you know, some other information that was kind of sketchy from his his phone records got released, ultimately led to the university firing him, or forcing him to resign essentially. So, next, Derrick Rose joins the Cavaliers. And that's it. there's no, that that has no relevance towards the league or anything like that. It, it just it's a big name being Derrick Rose and everything. But them they, they signed him to a veteran veteran minimum, which is huge, I guess, because they get, you know, someone who was the league MVP for a vet minimum who's only 26 years old he's still really young so I guess that that's a positive there but you know this move doesn't make them a better you know basketball team overall Uh, it's not going to keep Kyrie Irving which we will talk about in the second segment it's not going to keep Kyrie Irving in Cleveland and ultimately it's not going to make them better than the Warriors so it's not going to win them a championship next year and thus LeBron James is still going to leave at the end of next season so no real It's significance coming there from the Derrick Rose signing. And then lastly, everybody's favorite topic last, uh, I guess it was last Wednesday was the, or no, it was last Tuesday, the parole hearing for OJ Simpson. And OJ, although he's not quite yet a free man, um, yeah, he's come out and he said that, you know, he feels bad about what he did, but ultimately he still didn't do anything wrong in his parole hearing. And he still got out somehow, I guess the Nevada uh, no, the, yeah, Nevada, um, parole process does not care about, uh, feeling bad or showing remorse for the wrongdoing in which a criminal or, uh, yeah, or, uh, what do you call those things? An inmate, an inmate, uh, showing any sort of, you know, remorse for what he did that, that goes into no part. They, they don't take that into consideration and everything. So, Uh, He served nine years of a 33 year sentence and for armed robbery and kidnapping in Las Vegas. And then uh, he's expected to be released in early October. So glad to hear him get out. I guess I am I'm really indifferent. I wasn't, he's 70 years old now, so it doesn't really matter. He's probably just due to the life that he's lived. Isn't going to live too much longer uh, with his NFL and uh, you know, drug usage in his younger years everything like that, I, I just don't see him lasting very long uh, past his 70s, so or into his 70s. So it's not, uh, yes, everybody's been up up in arms about him getting out after nine years for a 33-year sentence, when in reality, he he really didn't have a gun in that situation. Everybody else that was involved in that crime actually didn't serve any jail time. A lot of them served, um, you know, they, they, they had house arrests and, and various uh, other things like that, but OJ was the only one who actually served any jail time and they were definitely punishing him for the double murder that he was never actually convicted of. But nonetheless, uh, everybody's up in arms and they're saying that he should have had to have served the full uh, 33 year sentence just based on that. But, uh, you know, in reality, if you're looking at this case in this case alone, you're you're singling it out. I have no problem with him getting released after nine years. In reality, again, he's not going to serve—he's not a threat to society at 70 years old. He does plan, however, to go to um, Florida, back to Florida, go try to reconnect with his kids and everything like that. I highly um, doubt—well, I shouldn't say I highly doubt. I think it's going to be a hard process for him to get that approval. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that. I don't know law all that well, but uh, I I can't imagine them being very lenient in this sort of process with him. So, uh, next news. And we're going to get into the—and we're going to invite in our station manager, the wonderful Dick Schischler. If you want to listen to Dick, he has a morning talk show here—or not talk show, but a morning music show here at Lone Star Community Radio. And it's called Mornings with Lone Star. And he also has his own talk show, which is on Thursdays at noon to one. Noon to one, right? That's what—yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from noon to one. Noon o'clock. Noon o'clock. That's right. From noon to one. Uh, it's called The Ticket Stub. Uh, I am a stubby, and I, I love— Talking movies with those guys—they're—they're they're wonderful. But here on Jake from Sports Talk, he is our resident soccer expert. Yeah, I do
0: enjoy watching lots and lots of soccer. So. I just—I—I
1: can't—I can't watch lots and lots. I can well, watch lots, get, lots of you baseball. You just have
0: to give it a try. And what it is, it requires you, Jake, to wake up past. <laughs> <laughs> noon on Saturdays and Sundays. So I, I can't. a lot of people who watch football can't wake up past noon That's because that's when football starts. Yeah. Uh, so this is what's perfect is now you can watch another sport before football called soccer. And it's on the weekends and then it's also weekly sometimes during the day. Uh, this is European soccer I'm talking about or international soccer. International soccer. Yeah. But uh, MLS is still going on. Uh, we talked about the Dynamo last time. And yeah, they're do- they're playing strong. How are they doing this year? They're doing so far. A couple of their teammates are gone on international, especially with this Gold Cup coming to an end. Yeah. Uh, their main striker, Cuba Torres, will be coming back. Uh, hopefully, he is not injured. He had a really bad tackle on another player. He got a yellow card. Like probably, I think it was like in the, in the first ten minutes and. People from Mexico are really mad at them, that's for sure. So we will come back, <laughs> open arms. Uh, with the Gold Cup wrapping up tonight, I encourage everybody to watch the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jamaica and the United States play at 8.30 Central Time. I believe that, sh- that will be on Fox uh, Fox yeah, Sports uh, 1, yeah, probably FS, like that. I think it's FS1. Uh, and you can probably stream it on Fox Sports Go, which I'm probably going to end up doing. But it's going to be a really exciting game. Jamaica is highly paced, as you can imagine. Uh, and the U.S. US is really still figuring out their strategies, so you're going to see a lot of messy soccer, uh, see a lot of counter soccer, soccer, meaning uh, when the U.S. messes up, Jamaica's going to get the ball down as fast as possible. Uh, They're very fast, but they're not very technical, so it's going to be a really interesting game to watch U.S. play Jamaica. It's going to be
1: kind of like watching a a college football game rather than a a professional football game where it's a little more sloppy, but it's also kind of more entertaining at times, would you say?
0: Yes, I think uh, what's funny is this is a repeat, I think. Uh, I think Jamaica played USA a couple of, uh, last last—oh, no, I might take that back. That was a semifinal. They played at the semifinal, Jamaica beat the United States 2-1 to one in 2015. Uh, and so this is kind of like the rematch. The rematch. They're talking about it. And I would say, that, like, the comparison to the college, uh, yes and no, because these teams are smaller than the bigger teams. Yeah. On the FIFA rankings, the the technical abilities between both are not very good. So, uh, <laughs> well, but,
1: so how, but how can they call it a rematch if this has been what three, four years removed now?
0: Well, it's a rematch because they're in the same tournament.
1: Well, same tournament, but, but, and
0: it, because the chances of the, these teams meeting, it's really, some teams have like played one other international team one time ever.
1: I, but yeah, not but here if, because if the Gold that Cup, much, there's only if, like if, eight that, teams. if there's that much of a gap, and I mean, how many of the same players are still there? You know, like, so is it really a traditional. Well,
0: Clint Dempsey was at both of them, so how's that?
1: Well, and I guess Tim Howard probably was yeah. too. So but. actually, I think there's a lot of people who are still there.
0: <laughs> uh, but I don't. I, mean, I, I can't answer that question right now because I don't have the rosters in front of me. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. should be a good game nonetheless. Well, so,
1: so, so US won two nothing over um, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, and what did you see? That was
0: a good. I was very surprised. Costa Rica is a very good team. If you remember from the last World Cup, uh, they did really well. So, is it? So, I mean,
1: we our defense looked terrible in that first. Oh, our game. defense always looks terrible. So, I, do you, you credit Tim Howard? Just oh yeah, excellent goalkeeping for the our yeah our zero our putting or shutting them out.
0: I am very interested to see the lineup today. Uh, we do have a lot of youngsters and uh, new newcomers to the international stage for the United States, but we also noticed that Clint Dempsey showed up. Halfway yeah. through the tournament, which and, really and they, cool. brought him,
1: they brought him in off the bench in yeah. the last game. So, do uh, you, you think they'll do that again this game, or do you think they'll start, start him? Though, I'd yeah.
0: start him. I mean, he, he's, he knows how to play soccer in a sense of like the international stage. He's been around for a while, he's very competitive. Uh, the unfortunate thing about both teams is most of their starters aren't there. So, it's not going to, that's what I was saying. The technical ability might not be there. Jamaica doesn't have a lot of their starters either. So, it should be an enjoyable game for just the, the sake of chaos and. <laughs> for the average watcher who watches say a couple gold world cup games yeah this game's not going to be very exciting well uh, but because I, they don't really know it just looks sloppy to you you just it kind it's kind of like watching minor league hockey it's well yeah kinda, but for the
1: untrained eye sloppy is not necessarily bad though right cuz we don't I, me when if i watch a, a soccer game i don't know formations and, and strategy as much as say you do. And so, therefore, well, when
0: I say, when, also when I say sloppy, I mean like how they're going to score the goals. The goal is going to come from, you know, a corner or someone messes up and it's never going to be one of those really great wonder strikes. Yeah. Where someone just kicks it from, you know, 30 yards out and boom, goal. I don't, I don't know. I'd be really, I'd be happy if that happens, <laughs> but that uh, it, it doesn't happen regularly in soccer, but on the higher end stage, it does because those players are that good. Yeah. Because
1: they're, they got more talent, more so. skill.
0: But so. it would it'd be cool to see those kind of goals. And a lot of people who watch a lot of soccer see a lot of those goals every weekend. They watch a lot. But it's similar to football. There's only like one or two wonder plays every... Every weekend. Every match day. Yeah. You know? And so it's just kind of like... Not match day. What do they day. call it? Game day? Game All day. Right. <laughs> but, uh,
1: he, he's He is American. I promise. He was born in Texas. You know, I don't know where his lingo comes from. But, you know, we'll forgive him here because he's he knows a lot about soccer and I appreciate it. So looking back at the Jamaica-Mexico game, uh, that was a huge shocker. Everybody in the soccer world was just stunned by that. Well, Mexico's pissed. Well, I'm... So... And, and our their fans are really passionate. So, rightfully so, so. I
0: mean... Well, I mean, it was their B squad. So, I mean, it's kind of like... It's one of those things where they didn't take it serious enough. It, it's one of those things where how important is a Gold Cup to each team. Correct. It's important to Jamaica. Because this is something they can actually they can, win. Yeah, they're in the final. This is a big deal to smaller smaller countries... And unfortunately, like I said last uh, on the last show, if you check out the last podcast of the show, is I was saying how the United States is used to winning, and so we watch these sports, and we're like, why aren't we good at soccer? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just we're just not that good at soccer. We're getting better. Well, and, our, and, our, and I think our
1: commitment as a society, as a whole, to soccer is, you know, that's down the pecking order, right? You know, we football, football, football is number one, yeah. right? And so it's, I just the importance. Well, it's that we development
0: soccer really is heavy on development. If you look at the way the other countries handle it, people are starting when they're seven years old Yeah, and they're getting shipped off to academies across the world. And people, especially in the United States, there's a few people that get shipped off because it's so easy to find other better kids in South America. Yeah.
1: And that have, that probably have played longer as well, you know, because we don't start them out like we've got pop Warner football here in Texas no. at four years old. You know we don't. I don't know how many soccer leagues around here that are that intense and that devote or devout to you know the soccer life. But I would
0: say in you know 20, 30 years, soccer is probably going to be the stronger sport here in at international level, just because it's like it's year round. Yeah, and it's not hockey. It's not every two years or every four, four years, years for the yeah. uh, for the Olympics. Olympics. And so it's going to be one of those things that's a constant patriotic event that you're going to support this, and I think that's going to be more— because look at the Women's Soccer League. Well, yeah. mean, it's, it's successful in a sense of, like, what they're trying to— they're, they're achieving their goals yeah and numbers, and then also the team itself is doing really well every year consistently. And so. I, think, I
1: think the Women's International Program, I think, draws more of a fan—a stronger fan base yeah. than the men's do. So, but—all right, so prediction for tonight? Uh, I—that's—it's a wild card. A wild uh, card, so n- no—
0: no. If, if it was, if I, if I had to put like, I can't say you put money on it. Can I, uh, well, I would, you, I would hope for a two zero us.
1: You would hope for that. Yeah, or? I can see that happening. Yeah. Okay. So you, but you're predicting a win nonetheless. Yeah. All right, there we go. All
0: of course, we go for 120 minutes, nothing, and then everyone hates oh. soccer because no one scores anything. But at least boring. there's going to be penalties. <laughs> so, folks, still just still watch this 8:30. A lot, of, a lot of red cards. There's going to be an end game. <laughs> it, it goes to penalties tonight, so it's not one of those uh, games that ends in zero zero, uh, because a lot of people don't get that. No, I respect it, but uh,
1: that's funny. Well, speaking to of uh, the ridiculousness of how much we focus on football, especially here in Texas and in the South in general. There was an eighth grader this weekend that verbally commit in football to a college. Are they fully developed? No. Eighth but grade? He, he's a six foot, I think it was six foot two, eighth six foot three. six foot three. And he weighed like 280. It was this monstrous eighth grade kid. And he's he's committed, he's verbally committed, right? So he can't sign anything, you know, legal document. Do they do
0: any testing on him?
1: I don't know. Like I mean, probably not. Someone lying about his age? I mean, it sounds like someone's <laughs> lying about his age. Or, yeah, like, or his size or weight or something. Yeah. But I saw a picture of this kid. I mean, he looked facially, from his maturity standpoint, he looked like he was an eighth grader. But body wise, no, he looked like a 30 year old man. So, you know, but.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I know we have a couple of minutes. Sorry to. Of- no, I have no, one, no. one soccer news story I want to tell everybody that was kind of exciting the idea is a company came to the MLS. And offered four billion dollars yeah. over I think it was a 30- year deal basically saying well for t- for rights TV yeah. rights and then what it was for the trade-off is they were going to do a regulations a regulation system relegation system sorry so uh, meaning well in Europe uh, there's different tiers and so to give you an idea of it like let's say uh, the league has league one and then there's a league two. And there's 20 teams in League One, 20 teams in League Two.
1: Is that where you like the bottom four go? Yeah, the bottom four of the the League
0: One go down to League Two, and then the top four, two or three, whatever way you want to set it up of League Two go into League One. Okay. And so a company came and offered that money to them, and to to the MLS organization. The MLS, it's like, hey, because we don't have that, we actually do have a pyramid system where we do have like the National Soccer League, and then we have the United Soccer League, but they don't move around. Okay. They don't. They stay in their league. Uh, the only thing they compete in is the uh, Colder's Cup. I think that's what it's called. It's like the U.S. Open, but for like all the soccer teams, yeah. basically. Uh, and but what's nice is the comment made from one of the commissioners, basically of the MLS is like this is something that we've always been talking about, but the money doesn't. This is this would make sense over a long because they can't that they have to commit to a, a contract that they can't implement until first six more years because they're already in a contract with the current TV rights.
1: So why can't the MLS? Just do this on their own. Why do they have to have a third party come in and buy them?
0: Well, there's, if you look at it as a business, the MLS is still in an investment stage. They're still looking to, they're doing expansion teams. And you don't want to throw that on prospected expansion teams saying, oh, by the way, once you join, there's a chance you won't be in this league next year. And you will probably make like a fourth of what you made this year. And that's kind of the the funny money, money money-wise. It's really interesting if you're looking at the Premier League, which is the English League. Yeah they they even touted it where if you get promoted, it's a hundred million dollar game, because for that one season, for if they get promoted to the Premier League, wow, because how much TV rights are for now? Because the Premier League is the biggest league money wise.
1: Yeah, uh, so it, league wise, they they pay them by year, right? Because what if you're in yeah, the bottom four and exactly. you get moved down? They get balloon payments basically. Wow. So yeah,
0: so if it, it's important as an owner, and that's why so many foreign people are buying teams over there is because. If because uh, it's funny because they do the re- relegation battle, sometimes it comes down to one game and everybody knows it's this one game. It's a hundred million. dollars And game. they call it a hundred million dollar game. And it's like it's it's a big deal. That's intense. and uh, it's a lot of fun when you know that's behind it. But MLS, that's actually why the MLS is similar to the NFL in regards of how they protect their owners uh, to to every degree, because, yeah. They don't want to fail like the previous in the 80s that soccer system failed horribly yeah. and they don't want to do that they want everyone to make some money not a lot of money but eventually they hope to get it to the nfl, to level, the NFL level yeah, I was uh, say. which is very possible because of the international presence soccer already has that's the one thing nfl lacks is the international presence
1: and they're trying their hardest uh, to their tries
0: i mean i mean my opinion is soccer is already going to be there because yeah it's the cheapest sport to really get involved in yeah But outside the United States, I think football really has a great place here. Uh, I'm actually worried about football. If anything, just because of the developments, of people don't want their kids to play football and and the stigma, especially that CT. I think. Are you going to talk about that at all today? Not not
1: today. We'll get back to that. But I did want to, you know, watch this this connection here. All right. Speaking of the English Premier League, you know, and the owners of it, you know, who's a part owner of Everton? LeBron James is a part owner of Everton. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about LeBron James and the Kyrie Irving soap opera that is currently going on. So stay tuned. Don't change, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back here on Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube.
0: Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV. Suddenlink Channel 12 and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Attention movie lovers, The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on ironlonestar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. I am your host, Jake LaFleur. Hey, uh, we got Austin engineering our, our show today. Hey, Austin, can you turn my, song, my music back up real quick? So I had a, a fan write in, and uh, they they said, oh, you know, I didn't like your your song when, when you first started the show, but dang it, Jake from Sports Talk, I like it now. So it's it, what's it called, Austin? United We Groove? <laughs> it's a great song Thanks Austin, I appreciate it Welcome back, welcome back Yes, you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk And I am your host, Jake LaFleur Glad to have you back here As I teased before the uh, break We are going to talk about What I am deeming the young and restless NBA style I, I didn't really know any like popular soap ops but I went and Googled them, and yeah, The Young and Restless, I, I forgot about that. That's a common soap opera, and that is exactly what we are seeing here in Cleveland, Ohio, with the Kyrie Irving and LeBron James nonsense situation going on. Um, it's, it's really a nightmare, and it's growing, and it's building literally by the day. It came out about two weeks ago that—almost yeah, two weeks now—that Kyrie Irving wanted— He had not demanded, but he had suggested that he wanted to be traded away from the Cavaliers to uh, four teams. The Knicks, the Spurs, uh, Timberwolves, and the Heat. And he has interest for various reasons, but he said that his main reason for wanting to get out of Cleveland was he wanted to get out from under LeBron James. And he thinks that he is matured enough as a person and as a player to be on his own team. And they had this under wraps and everything like that. and this has actually been going on for a couple uh, for a month to a month and a half, but it came out two weeks uh, two weeks ago that he act, you know that he had demanded the trade. and uh, Kyrie Irving made a statement saying that, oh, I believe LeBron James was the one who actually leaked this information. Now LeBron didn't really care for that very much, and he has, since made a few comments uh, on Twitter and various other platforms. Um, Nothing outlandish or rude or, you know, terrible or anything like that. But what has stirred the pot even further is that yesterday or two days ago, Stephen A. Smith, a reporter for ESPN, was reporting that allegedly from someone within LeBron James' camp Told him that if LeBron was in front of Kyrie Irving right now at this moment, he would be he would have to be restrained from kicking his bleep, his butt to be uh, to put it into frame. So, this is just blown out of proportion. The the whole situation in which LeBron, as much of a superstar as he actually is, how how quickly his ego will get offended because he responded to Stephen A. Smith's comment and saying, you know, Hey, this is not, you know, factual, you know, check your sources and whether or not LeBron said that at all, it, it has no, no relevance in this situation. It's just the, the, the idea that, you know, two people, two, two players who have shared now four years together, they've been, or three years together, they've been to three NBA finals. They've won one NBA final and they have so much animosity towards each other, yet here is all of these other players from the Cavaliers and from other teams saying, you know, basically they're siding on the side of Kyrie Irving and not LeBron James. And I think that's the interesting part of all this, is that LeBron gets such a, oh, I'm a player advocate rep, and oh, I try so hard to to please my, my teammates and, and my fellow NBA players as though they're brothers in war against the league and and everything like that and and he he does he does a great deal of work in that area, but I don't think we see as fans how hard it is to actually play alongside LeBron James. he can be such a demanding figure and such a ah, i don't even know how to correctly put it without ultimately just tearing him a new one he is he is that boss that. You respect because they're a really good boss and they know what they're doing, yet you really don't like them as a person because they're kind of just a, they're kind of a jerk. <laughs> but, and I'm looking at my boss as I say this, but I don't mean it that about that, that way about you, Dick, I promise. But that's my, my two cents on it. I don't want to harp about it and on this subject too long just because it's it's so stupid. It's so childish. And, and it truly is a soap opera and it's why I will never watch soap operas because They're stupid and childish. But my biggest topic today is the NFL. And I want to get into the NFL. I want to dive into the NFL. We're going to talk leagues, teams, everything. When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you who's going to win each division and who's going to make the playoffs this upcoming 2017-2018 football season. So stay tuned here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. This is Jake from Sports Talk. Stay tuned.
0: Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936 647 Three seven
1: seven six. Hey guys, I'm Joey Savage. Corey DLG. We are Nerd Thug Radio. Catch us every Monday from 1 to 3 and check out our website, nerdthugradio.com.
0: We like to talk about quilting, horseback riding, and baking quiche.
1: Actually, we don't, but we do like talking nerdy
0: to you. That's right. Every Monday from 1 to 3 p.m., hashtag talking nerdy to you.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook. And as I said, bink it, bink it. Enjoy it. Make sure you you follow and you subscribe, not just on Facebook, but also on YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. And that way, if you subscribe to those, every time, even if you can't miss or even if you can't listen to a show live, you can you can tune in, and as soon as it's posted up online by our wonderful engineers here, and, and I say wonderful because I am one of those engineers here, we post up all the shows, and as soon as we post up the shows, you can, uh, you'll can you be notified and you can listen, so that way you never have to miss an episode of Jake from Sports Talk. You can always hear my wonderful, beautiful voice as it rambles on and on and on, so and in addition to all that, check out Lone Star Community or yeah, Lone Star Community Radio, irlonestar.com. Look at all the different shows we have. Just you know, outside of the uh, ticket sub on Thursdays, we've got the Cindy Cochran show and, and other shows like that that are just you know wonderful entertainment and always bring a smile to my face. I enjoy working those shows as well from the engineering side. So yes, irlonestar.com. Check it out. Lots of wonderful things there. So as we were talking, or as I mentioned before the break. I've got my big topic of the day is the NFL and divisional talk and actual matchups and what's actually going to take place this season. I really actually had planned to do this last week, but we got caught up in the Colin Kaepernick topic, and so um, I had to push it back a week. But that's okay. The The talk was good. The content was good last week, so that's good to go. Training camps are starting this week for all teams, rookie camps, regular camps, everything along those lines. And we are actually a week and a day away. I can't believe it. August 3rd. Is the first uh, NFL preseason game that's next Thursday Uh, it's the Hall of Fame game they do every year in Canton Ohio they take uh, the two or three individuals that are being inducted and they have uh, one of one or two of their teams playing in that game this year's Canton Ohio Hall of Fame game is going to be between the Cowboys and the Cardinals so now preseason is kind of a wishy-wash sort of situation especially this first one, uh, the Cowboys and Cardinals, they'll play their, you know, as they always do, they'll play their starters in the first half and then let their their newbies get in there in the second half. And then as we, you know, get further in along with the uh, the, the preseason games, the starters play less and less and less. And, and they become essentially meaningless for us, true fans that know that they're meaningless. But uh, the more important factor in them is, they help fill out the 53-man roster overall, so it's exciting just because we know we're getting closer to the football season. I think we're actually six weeks six weeks away. I think officially from this this week upcoming weekend we're six weeks away. So with the start of all this football, it's time to make some predictions for the regular season. So breaking it down division by division. So we're gonna start out. I'll go through the AFC first, and then we'll do the NFC. And at the end of it all, I'll tell you, you know, basically who I think ranking wise one through four is going to win each division and then who's going to make the playoffs, including the wildcard teams. Now I do all this and I really don't like to do all this, but I do all this for the fans and for the listeners out there. But the, the reason why I don't like to do this is because predicting anything in this life is hard. Life is too hard to predict whether it's sports or car accidents or whatever. It doesn't matter. Life is challenging. And so it's hard to predict things. And in sports, it's even harder because you're in football. You've got a 53 man roster. You don't know who's going to be healthy the entire, the entirety of the year. You don't know if the coach is going to be healthy the entirety of the year. I mean, we, we've had multiple coaches go out over the last couple of years, you know, mid season. So it's very hard to predict. And the reason why I don't like doing them outside of that is because when I'm wrong, then it leaves it open for you fans to, you know, bash me for it. But, Nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm serving myself up on a platter. So when it comes to week, you know, four or five, and you're, and then you're like, well, the Texans aren't in first place like you said. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, whatever. Forget you. <laughs> so AFC, starting out, AFC North. Steelers, I've got winning that division, followed by the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns. The Browns, of course, are not going to be good, and there's no shocker there. They do have Osweiler from the Texans this year. But we all know as Texans fans and as Broncos fans out there, that uh, this is not gonna be a positive reaction or a positive outcome for the Browns. It's not gonna boost them higher. The Ravens are just too old. They haven't gone through enough of the rebuilding process to get enough young blood in there. Uh, Joe Flacco is still a very good quarterback, no complaints there. Um, but they just I don't I don't see that defense being healthy for the entirety of a season enough to win that division. Uh, the Bengals, I think, actually are going to make the playoffs in a wild card spot, uh, but I don't think they're going to have enough to uh, basically uh, to take over that that Steelers offense. That Steelers offense is going to be very good. I know Big Ben's old, but they've got so many weapons around him that he doesn't need. And they've they've upgraded their offensive line. He won't take as much hits. He won't take as many hits this year, and he won't have to use. You know, or rely on his legs as much as he has in the past. All right, moving on to the West. I think you've got the Raiders taking this division. I think Carr comes back uh, from that lower leg injury, healthy, 100%, ready to go. And I think they actually have, uh, I think they give the Patriots a run for their money in the AFC as far as the best record goes. I got the Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs all there uh, in that order. But I, I don't think any of them have the ability to really challenge the Raiders or challenge any of the a, the rest of the AFC. And I think that Patrick Mahone, the quarterback that was drafted by the Chiefs this year out of uh, Texas Tech, I think you're gonna see I think you're gonna see him get a start this year. And I think they're gonna you know bench Alex Smith just so that uh, they they. I don't see the record being good enough to support keeping Alex Smith in there. And they want to see what the future is. I think they bring in Mahone and Mahone's got a really good chance of being the next Brett Favre. He's got that build. He's got that mindset, the gunslinger mindset. Um, And I think the future for him is bright, but this year overall, I think the chiefs are going to be down. I think the Broncos are going to be down. They did bring Gary Kubiak in as a uh, front office consultant, which I thought was interesting. Um, But I don't, I mean that that has no play on the, you know, that has no effect on the play of the play on the field and then the Chargers, you know You're not gonna have they're gonna be you know down by six points with you know Two minutes to go and have to score a touchdown like they do every year And um, they're yeah, or every game. So I, I'm just they're kind of irrelevant. They're a good team, but they're irrelevant now to the east Patriots obviously are gonna win that division. I don't think they're gonna be contested in that division um, the Dolphins with Tannehill will be better but I don't think they're going to be any better than what they were last year. And then the Bills and the Jets are the, the laughing stock of that, and the Browns are the laughing stock of the AFC. So I think uh, I think they're. It's safe to say that the Patriots have another division championship ahead of their, you know, to put on their resume. And I think this year will actually give uh, Belichick the most division championships uh, out of any head coach in the history of the NFL. So. That'll be interesting. Now on to the South. And uh, you know, for all my you know FM listeners here in Texas, here in the Montgomery County area, I know this is the uh, the big one you want to hear about. I do have the Texans winning this division, so yay. But um, uh, And I got the Titans following them. I think the Titans, I think Mariota comes back healthy. Uh, they've upgraded their offensive line. I don't think he'll have to scramble and run as much as he did last year. I think their coaching staff is going to use them uh, in a wiser way. Uh, Jags fans, you'll hear, you'll be happy to hear this as well. I don't have you with finishing last in this division. Uh, I have it going Texans, Titans, Jags, Colts. I think the Jaguars have done enough this offseason from the draft and picking up free agents and bringing in uh, the their old coach, or yeah, their old coach, Tom Coughlin. He's not coaching, he's the in there as operations for operational purposes. But I think that the, uh, the Jags have, it will improve enough. And I think you're going to see them finish above 500 this year. Um, but I don't think, or maybe right at 500, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them into the playoffs where I have the playoff seedings in this order. I think the Patriots still have the best record in the AFC. I think the Raiders contest them for that. And they push them close enough to, um, you know, to where it, it'll be a tight race, and then I have the Texans right there around the 10-win marker, uh, Steelers around the 10-win marker as well, and then the playoff teams are, or the wild card teams I have are coming out of the North with the Bengals and out of the South with the Titans. I think the Titans have enough offensive weapons, and their defense have gotten better to where they they they. Th- Clinch that final playoff uh, spot, but it'll be right around the nine, nine and eight or nine and seven sort of record. So now onto the NFC, starting in the North, Green Bay. I don't see them getting dethroned this year. Detroit has gotten better. Vikings have gotten better. Well, I don't know. Vikings haven't gotten better. Vikings have gotten worse. Therefore, they're going to be worse than what they were last year. Um, but they're still not going to be a bad team. They're still going to be a threat when you, you know, when any team faces them uh, on any any given Sunday. And then the Bears, I, the, the Bears are a joke. So there, there's no there's no point in even mentioning them. Uh, going on over to the South, the note in the South, a different team has won this division for the past 11 years. That streak gets broken this year. I think the Falcons return. I think they feel hungry after that uh, that terrible defeat in last year's Super Bowl to the Patriots, blowing that lead. And I think you're going to see the Falcons win this division. Followed by the Buccaneers. I think Jameis Winston and that offense, now that they've had a full, they were a very young team last year. Now that they've had a full year together, uh, full off season together, and everything like that, I, I think that they put it together enough in the offensive uh, side of things to actually make the playoffs. I think they're going to take one of the wild card positions this year. So, but I got Falcons, Buccaneers, you Ain't fans out there. I, I hate to break it to you Adrian Peterson is not going to be that much of a help to you on the offensive side of the ball and your defense Is still just god-awful, and it's terrible, but um, and Panthers fans I know you're not gonna like this, <laughs> but you know, I'm sorry I think uh, I think the old cam recipe has been figured out and I think defenses know enough of how to stop that offense and the defensive side of the ball, I know you got Luke Keekly and all that stuff with a with a big white boy in the middle, you know, leading your defense. I don't think your team is that good this year, and I think you're gonna finish last in that division. So uh, now over to the west, the Seahawks, the big offseason fiasco, and it's another soap opera sort of situation between uh, Russell Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson and uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman. the 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 fact that Sherman came out and said, yeah we're work buddies rather than actual friends you know and everybody's running with that story because it's you know summertime and you know they need something to talk about other than baseball so they're harping in on this and they're making this a much bigger deal than it actually is of course they're not friends they're on two different sides of the ball they 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 have admiration for one another but they don't have a personal relationship i mean come on you can't expect every everybody on a 53 man roster to be friends with everybody else it's just not going to happen in reality now you know most likely do they hate each other no i wouldn't go that far they they don't hate each other but they're not going to hang out they're not going to go they're not boys they're not going to go see a movie and most of the time linemen hang out with linemen and you know defensive backs hang out with defensive backs linebackers hang out with linebackers it's just it's how it goes it's the the locker rooms from are very position segregated and that's always been the way the mindset is and it's because you have something in common with those people right so it's not that big of a deal but despite all of that and and to show how you know unimportant that actually is the Seahawks I think do win the west uh followed by the Cardinals and the 49ers and the Rams that was the easiest division to pick out of all of these the, the Seahawks are clearly better than the Cardinals 49ers and Rams the Cardinals are okay they're they'll they'll be right around the 500 marker again this year uh, 49ers and Rams. I don't think will combine for more than three wins. So that's, that's my pick there. <laughs> uh, and then out of the East, this is the division I care about most um, giants and Cowboys and Eagles and Redskins. Now Cowboys fans. I know we're in Texas. I know you're like, how can you pick the giants over us? That makes absolutely no sense. Guys. Look that offense is, the offensive firepower that the Giants have picked up over this se- this off season, what Ben McAdoo has put in place on the offensive side of the ball, I, there's it, it's too hard to say because the Cowboys defense just isn't strong enough for me to say okay the Cowboys can can overcome the the Giants and they can actually win it. So, but no, I, I've got to stick with with my pick there. The Cowboys offensively. We'll see how Dak does. We'll see if he has a sophomore slump. I think the offensive line there is still good enough to where, you know, it's going to keep things in check. And I, I think they're still going to be a very good team. So out of the NFC, the way I've got it going, I got the Green Bay Packers with the best record just due to who they played, you know, divisionally. I got the Falcons with the, uh, coming in second. I got the Seahawks coming in third. Uh, again, just based on who they played divisionally. I got Giants fourth. Cowboys taking that first wild-card position. And then Buccaneers, I think, have the opportunity and the chance to take that final wild-card spot. If it's not them, it'll be the Cardinals, but it'll be one of those two. It'll be a tight race there at the end. And I'm now checking the clock here. We're at 50 almost, 149 right now. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and keep rolling in. While we're talking about the Cowboys and everything we got going on in this situation, Lucky Whitehead... uh, (laughs) it's not a good day to have the la- or the, the first name lucky so I've got a few uh, a few clips here that I want to show you guys uh, about what has basically been going on in his life for the last week so um, we're gonna throw it up here we're gonna try out the new uh, HD HDMI system that we've had going on and uh, so you can watch it on YouTube and when you watch it on YouTube you can have uh, you, you can actually see the clips that I'm playing but for those who are listening on radio right now we've got uh, a Fox 4 News broadcast that's going on this week, uh, or from last week with the uh, Lucky Whitehead news about his dog. He is being held for ransom. Addison police are investigating after his dog Blitz was taken from his Addison home. And then he started getting some bizarre phone calls from a blocked number. Fox Four's Allison Harris is in studio tonight with the details. Allison,
0: Stephen, Heather. He's had this puppy for less than two months, but he says he spent a lot of his off-season with him, taking him to the lake and just watching him grow. Lucky Whitehead is convinced this is happening to him because he's a Dallas Cowboy, and whoever stole him is messing with his head. Dallas Cowboys fans might say wide receiver Lucky Whitehead has superpowers. And apparently, so does his American bully puppy, Blitz. Hey, man, where you going? Whitehead had Blitz repping Batman, Superman, and, of course, the Cowboys. But now he says Blitz is being held for ransom because he plays for America's team.
1: IT'S just, I mean, sickening. I mean, the dog, I know the dog's confused. He's killing me just because I wasn't there to protect him. yeah, so that's that's Whitehead's uh, clip from or yeah, from last week from Fox Four. Credit them there. His dog is being held from ransom. So that's how last basically the beginning of last week started out for for lucky Whitehead there. Then we go on over to this comment or this video from uh crediting ESPN here on this Virginia one. Virginia
0: authorities said today that the former Cowboys receiver was not the man they arrested and charged with shoplifting last month. That man identified himself as Whitehead and provided his date of birth and even his social security number, but did not have official identification on him. Whitehead was released by the Cowboys yesterday after news broke of the arrest. Team exec Stephen Jones said then that the release was the culmination of a number of incidents over the past year. The Cowboys have not yet commented on the news today. Let's-
1: so he gets his dog stolen and while he's on vacation and held for ransom. And then he gets misidentified by somebody who has his date of birth uh, and Social Security numbers memorized. And ultimately, the Cowboys release him from the team. And now here we have Jerry Jones talking about the incident overall about him being cut. I'm not going to specifically go about any play. But I am going to say, this is business as usual, and I really uh, won't go into my parameters about why a player is here or not. And it can be different than any than other people uh, in our uh, personnel department or whatever. So I'm not going into uh, any of that. I'm not going to go into anything about lucky. But I am going to say, if we're going to get wadded up over people coming and going around here, uh, then get ready to stay in an ace, because we're going so so there's Jerry talking about basically saying I don't care anything about why he's here and we don't want to talk about it and there that was him at training fe, uh, training camp in Ox, Oxnard California uh but man what a bad week to to be Lucky Whitehead to have the first name or to have the name Lucky that's not very lucky I mean he he's not that great of a player to be completely honest but you know he's a great special teams player and in that sense so but it's just so funny that you know, your dog gets held for ransom. Somebody, you know, uses your identity to get, you know, when they get arrested, and ultimately it gets you cut from the team. And then you've got your owner of, you know, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys coming out and saying, oh, yeah, look, sorry, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about this, but, you know, I'm not going to discuss why a player or a player is, you know, here or not here or anything like that. But, you know, and then to add a little cherry on top of this, he goes, Jerry Jones goes into a press conference Last week, yeah, th- no, earlier this week, two days ago, saying that you know he's defending his running back Ezekiel Elliott, who has uh, um, has a domestic violence allegation on him, and he's still at training camp right now. He's still playing, and yet here we are with a guy who was misidentified and wrongly accused being sent home. So we we see where Jerry Jones's, uh priorities and and. His uh, mindset lies. So, all right, guys, we're going to have to uh, go ahead and close it out here. Man, this hour went by fast, 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 fast. But I want to thank you all for listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I am the host of this wonderful circus that I call a Sports Talk show. Jake LaFleur here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLonestar.com. Don't forget to subscribe, like, bink, Facebook, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, everything. Find me on all the social medias, subscribe to them all, and that way you never have to miss this beautiful voice and this awesome song. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you next Wednesday from twelve to, from 1 to 2. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station.